أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد باب تأكيد ركعتي سنة الصبح It's a chapter regarding the emphasis of the two rak'ahs uh, that are sunnah before the subh prayer, before the fajr prayer. An Sayyidatina Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha anna anna nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallama kana la yada'u arba'am qabla al-zuhri wa rak'atayni qabla al-ghadah. Rawahu al-Bukhari. Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha narrates that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he used to never leave praying four rak'ahs before dhuhr, uh, um, nor leave praying two rak'ahs uh, uh, before the ghada. Ghada yaghdu means for the morning to rise. And uh, the salat al-ghadati is the salat al-subh, it's the salat al-fajr. The fajr is, the, the name of the prayer is salat al-subh. It's the morning prayer. And... Generally speaking, it will be referred to formally in like legal text as the Salat al-Subh. The word Fajr is the beginning of the time of the Subh prayer. The Subh prayer begins at Fajr, which is the crack of dawn, and it ends at uh, uh, um, it ends at uh, uh, um, at the time that the top of the disk of the sun uh, hits the horizon. Uh, but it's a Subh prayer, uh, and here uh, the word Ghada is used, and it's used in a number of hadith in this bab. That the Prophet ﷺ never used to uh, leave praying four rak'ahs before dhuhr, nor did he uh, ever used to leave praying <coughs> two rak'ahs uh, uh, before uh, subh, before the Salatul Ghadat, which, who's saying it? It's his wife, Sayyidina Aisha so she would know. There are a lot of people will tell you about somebody they've only met once or twice, and you know, it's good to have a good opinion of people. But uh, if you're actually going to like buy, sell, trade, marry, etc., you may want to do a little bit more tahqiq than that. One of the really interesting things about the Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam is that his children, grandchildren, uh, uh, his wives, uh, and close companions, the the people who used to be servants in his house, all of these people narrate things about him sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Not in qilla, but in kathra. Not not a small amount, but a large amount. Sayyidina Anas bin Malik is one of the more uh, uh, <coughs> prolific narrators from the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He's a servant in the house, um, and he's from the Ansar. So he neither becomes a governor after after the Futuhat, nor does he become you know like a big shot potentate military officer, any of that stuff. In fact, he 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 did fight in 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 the the, the wars of conquest, and he did fight in the wars of apostasy. Uh, and so he had his pension from that, because of which he was he was a he was a relatively wealthy man. He wasn't poor, but he never enjoyed any sort of command position in the army, nor did he ever uh, uh, enjoy any sort of political appointment. Like Salman al-Farsi, who was the governor of Persia, right? Sidna Anas bin Malik wasn't like that. He was a relatively low-key person, so much so that when he would walk in the streets in Basra, there's a narration in Bukhari about. About, about how he would be treated badly by people because they just thought he was like some majzub old man, like some beggar or something like that. Because he used to live real simple. So, and he lived to a very, very uh, long age. And uh, um, so these types of people, 
They narrate, say that Aisha radiallahu anha also is one of the most prolific of narrators. They narrate so much uh, with regards to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And especially in the case of the Ummahatul Mu'mineen, it was very famous, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, he respected them so much that even when they went against his opinion, he would stay quiet. He wouldn't, he wouldn't chastise them for not basically going with the pl with the plan or with the program. Uh, and it said that the last year of his life, it's not like he knew he was dying; he was assassinated, right? The last year of his life, he actually took them, took all of the Ummahatul Mu'minin. Like there's a special entourage that, that took them to Hajj and brought them back. So he considered he considered treating them to be uh, treating them well and with honor to be a part of the Deen, which it is. Uh, and anyone who would speak ill of them is uh, really only speaking ill of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. But uh, uh, but but in that situation, say the Aisha radiallahu anha, who was 18 when the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam passed away, if she wanted to say anything bad about him or anything that was, didn't conform to the rest of the uh, to the rest of the program, she could have, and she probably would have gotten away with it. And she was at such an age as well that like, you know. 18 year old kids are not you know they're not they're, they're not like you know the most like loyal uh, 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 the most loyal like supporters of the regime you know what I mean uh, rebellion is usually pushed by youth both in the home and politically as well um, and so uh, Sayyidah Aisha had all the reasons to be frustrated uh, by normal human human circumstance youth uh, her and her husband passed away at the age of 18. This is actually Moana Amin and Daro Qasim. This is one of the really interesting things that he mentioned one time. He said that look at the look at the comparison. Uh, uh, people make allegations against uh, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Say that Aisha radiallahu anha because of her young age, but what they forget is that the 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 uh, um, say the Maryam alayhi salam, the Virgin Mary al Adra'u, she. She herself, according to like Christian sources, was around the same age when she conceived of conceived Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam. And uh, after he was born, she actually, according to the Christians, she married. Most, many Muslims don't know this, but Christians know this. That she married, and she also had, uh, you know, she she also like had a had a normal life after that, quote unquote. Um, and so he said, whose mujahada is say that Maryam alayhi salam is known for her purity because she was uh, she was a virgin uh, at the time that Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam was conceived. So who's, uh, uh, who's uh, you know, whose mujahada was greater? The one who uh, at the young, at, at, at the, you know, at, it, through her teenage years experienced the, 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 the uh, enjoyment of human intimacy between spouses and then for the rest of her life uh, had to make mujahada. Versus the one who just some years in her youth she had to make mujahada, and uh, and <coughs> not uh, not uh, uh, experience that. Then afterward, the whole rest of her life, she uh, she was according to Christian sources, she was married, and she uh, she uh, experienced that afterward. Which mujahada is stronger? It's greater. And so you can imagine, say, the Aisha radiallahu taala anha that she's at a very young age, and there's a great amount of mujahada and a great amount of of, of, of struggle that she has to do in order to uh, uh, close this door uh, of, of human necessity. Uh, and still, despite all of that, so all these things put together that, you know, and the fact that nobody is going to check her if she says anything, uh, rather what she says is something that has to be considered part of the deen. Not just her, there's so many other azwaj mutahharat. 
uh, that all of them could have said whatever they wanted to whenever and none of them have a complaint to say against the Prophet she'll complain against Sayyidina Umar from time to time she'll complain against other 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 uh, people what they do and what they say she doesn't hold back from saying what she wants to she never complains against the Prophet nor against her own circumstance nor does she say anything with regards to what her experiences in life have been and so that's fine if you know some people on a university campus or on Fox News want to say, oh, look how horrible abuse this is, whatever. I don't know which uh, which uh, person treats his wife uh, in such a way that she'll never say anything against him for so many decades. Um, that's not that's not a normal thing, but it's it's what it's a sign of <coughs> abnormally good treatment rather than anything else. Well, coming back to the main point, if he ever uh, would miss it, she would have said so. But she said he never he never missed it. He never missed four rakahs before the dhuhr. Uh, and nor did he miss the uh, uh, the uh, uh, two rakahs before the the subh prayer. Four rakahs before zuhur, uh, the fuqaha say that it's best that they should be prayed separately, two by two. And then the Shafi'is and the Hanafis they say it's valid. And correct me if I'm wrong, Shahir. They say it's valid if you put them together and just pray for with one salam, right? Is that correct? You're not sure. My 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 understanding from my reading of fiqh is that that uh, um, in the Hanafi school, whenever you pray four rakahs of of of, uh, of these, the sunnahs together like that, you pray them as if they're two separate full two rakah prayers. Meaning that you read the Fatiha in another surah in every one of the rakahs, and that in the tashahud in the middle, you also read the entire tashahud. The only difference is that you don't say salam uh, between rakah two and three. Uh, wallahu alam. But in the Maliki school, all the nawafil are are done in sets of two, uh, uh, with the exception of the witr, which is just one separate. <coughs> the word nafil, by the way, in the mustalah of the fuqaha, there's two meanings. There's a general meaning and there's a khas meaning, a specific meaning. The general meaning is something that's not farb. And the specific meaning is... Um, it, within those non-farth prayers there are different darajat there are different levels of importance so it's important to know what context in which the word nafil is being used when you read somebody's when you read somebody's statement وَعَنْهَا رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَلَىٰ عَنْهَا قَالَتْ لَمْ يَكُنِ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ عَلَىٰ شَيْءٍ مِنَ النَّوَافِلِ أَشَّدَّ تَعَاهُدًا مِنْهُ عَلَىٰ رَكَعَتَيِ الْفَجْرِ مُتَّفَقٌ عَلَيْهِ Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha also narrates that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa she said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa he would never be, there. he was never more intense in his seeking uh, 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 not to miss uh, um, uh, any non-farth prayer than he was in seeking not to miss the two rakahs of Fajr. Ta'ahud is tafaqud, tafaqud is to look for something uh, that that's not in front of your eyes. That 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 you 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 have some sort of a uh, some sort of like agitation that there's something that you're looking for and you can't see it right now, so you're like looking for it intensely or you're kind of agitated until you find it. You're not gonna be, you're not gonna be, you're not you're not gonna be calm again. <coughs> so that the 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 consensus of the ummah is that the two rakahs before the subah prayer are not far, but from the nawafil those are the. Those are the two rak'ahs that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was most avid in, in, in not missing. And he, he, he would just, he, he made sure that he didn't miss it ever. And if, if, if so, right, generally those types of things, if so, the only reason that they're missed is bayan al-jawaz, just to show that it's not farther.
Uh, otherwise, the Prophet وسلم, didn't didn't used to used to miss those two those two rakat, and he would be avid not to miss them uh, more so than usual, more so than usual. The, the, in the Maliki Madhab, that's why the two rakats before the Salat al-Subh, they're, they're called Raqaib, they're not called Nawafil. They're in a special category of their own um, that a person shouldn't miss them. Khair, we'll, the reason for that we'll, we'll get to as we read the Ahadith. وَعَنْ سَيْدْنَا أَبِي عَبْدِ اللَّهِ بِلَالٍ إِبْنِ رَبَاحٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى عَنْهُ مُؤَذِّنِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ أنه أتى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ليؤذنه بالصلاة بصلاة الغدات فشغلت عائشة بلالا رضي الله عنهما بأمر سألته عنه حتى أصبحت جدا فقام بلال فأذنه بالصلاة وتابع أذانه أذانه فلم يخرج رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم فلما خرج صلى بالناس فأخبره أن عائشة شغلته لأمر سألته عنه حتى أصبح جدا وأنه أبطأ عليه بالخروج فقال يعني النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إني كنت ركعت ركعتي الفجر فقال يا رسول الله إنك أصبحت جدا قال لو أصبحت أكثر مما أصبحت لركعتهما وأحسنتهما وأجملتهما رواه أبو داود بإسناد حسن. So this is a, uh, an interesting <coughs> hadith uh, narrated by Sayyidina uh, Bilal bin Rabah رضي الله تعالى عنهما عنه أفوان and uh, Sayyidina Bilal رضي الله عنه who people know his mother's name was Hamama, which is a word meaning dove. We mentioned this before as well. Uh, people stigmatize the, 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 the black skin color uh, of many of our brothers and sisters from <laughs> Africa. And uh, they don't understand that that's something that, that has crept into the ummah from later. It's not even a part of the original uh, disposition of the Arabs, even in Jahiliya, much less of Islam. Uh, and uh, one of the reasons, or one of the proofs of that is, why is it that Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu anha and his mother, who are Ethiopians or of Ethiopian origin, why are they slaves in the Arabian Peninsula? Right? Generally, how do slaves get captured? You go invade someone's country, you conquer it, and you bring slaves back. The Arabs never captured Abyssinia. There was, it was never, a, I mean, it was never even a competition. Abyssinia had a very powerful, a very powerful state and a very powerful empire, a very powerful army. The Arabs never were in a position to be able to fight with them. In fact, the Abyssinians came to destroy the, the, the Kaaba, which is the most sacred like temple in all of Arabia, uh, and the Arabs were unable to oppose them. In fact, the Kaaba was spared miraculously through the intervention of Allah Ta'ala, which is enshrined in the Quran. Uh, and that, that intervention, it's, uh, the miraculous nature of that intervention is, was known by all even in Jahiliyyah. Otherwise, they had, there was no competition whatsoever. And so what happens is that the Ahbash that are slaves in the Arabian Peninsula, once, once the, the, the Abyssinians are driven out of Arabia, those are the, the, the descendants of the people who weren't able to make it out. They were enslaved. Uh, and so in that sense, being black or being African wasn't, 
wasn't a, a sign of, uh, of servitude uh, as much as it was basically a uh, a uh, what you call adverse uh, 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 consequence of what of having themselves been subjugated by Africans uh, from the beginning. So Sayyidina uh, Bilal, his mother, her name is Hamama, and uh, 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 he was born. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam In Makkah Mukarramah And he was one of the first people to accept Islam And he was one of the first people to declare his Islam openly And he was one of the people who was most severely tortured uh, Because of his Islam uh, And his uh, slave master uh, His slave master Umayyah tortured him uh, And was uh, had Umayyah bin Khalaf He, he had the intention of torturing him uh, to death and uh, he, uh, he was purchased uh, by Sidna Abu Bakr anhu for five uqiyas of gold, uh, uh, which is not a small amount of money. Uh, how much is a uqiyah? <coughs> you remember from your... You're reading Hidayah, right? Not yet. I think uqiyah is 40, 40 dirhams. Uh, 40 dirhams. Dirham is like 33 grams. Uh, so forty uqiyas worth of gold is uh, is, is 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 it's it's it's, it's a lot of money, uh, and uh, and so he he purchased him, and Sayyidina Umar radiAllahu anhu used to say about Abu Bakr radiAllahu anhu that he is our master and he manumitted our master. Uh, out of both honor of Sayyidina, Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiAllahu anhu and 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 the honor of Sayyidina Bilal radiAllahu anhu. Uh, of course, Abu uh, Bilal radiallahu anhu was given the honor of returning the favor on the battlefield of Uhud when he uh, uh, when he killed uh, the same Umayyah uh, in, in in battle. Umayyah was a corpulent and fat man, and he put on his armor, and he fell from his horse, and he was unable to move, and so he tried to basically bribe uh, or offer a bribe to uh, one of the Muslims. That, uh, you know, if you capture me, you don't kill me, then we'll give you X, Y, and Z amount of money, and you can take my armor and all of this other stuff. And so then when Sayyidina Bilal saw, uh, uh, and, and that, uh, uh, that, that, that person from the Muslim army, uh, uh, he, he saw that he's in the middle of him, like as if he's trying to, you know, kind of protect him in order to capture him. Uh, uh, Sayyidina Bilal shouted, that there's, uh, you know, there's no way that both Bilal and this man can survive. And uh, uh, then uh, that person, he just kind of shrugged his shoulders and told Umayyah, sorry, there's no way you're going to get saved today. And uh, Sayyidina Bilal put Umayyah out of his misery. Uh, and not only was he per was he there at Badr, but he was there at all the battles with the Prophet wasallam, And he was the Mu'addin, the first one who gave the Adhan. And he uh, <coughs> would give the Adhan. For the Prophet ﷺ during his lifetime, both in travel and in residence, after Rasulullah ﷺ passed away, Sayyidina Bilal went to Sham and participated in uh, its conquest uh, on behalf of the Muslims. And he gave the Adhan uh, uh, once, it said for Sayyidina Abu Bakr afterward, and once in Sham when Sayyidina Umar visited and all of them cried. And once, when he saw in a dream that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, asked him, why, didn't, why don't you visit me? So he came to Medina Munawwara, and uh, uh, it's said that many of the Sahaba عنهم, asked him for to give the Adhan, including the grandsons of the Prophet So he began the Adhan, 
and uh, uh, everyone came out uh, out of surprise of hearing his adhan again, including even the women came from out from their houses to hear it. And uh, he started it, and everyone began to weep, and he was unable to finish. Uh, uh, and uh, a great number of Sahaba radiallahu anhu would narrate hadith from him, including Sayyidina Abu Bakr, Sayyidina Omar, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu. Uh, 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 and he was <coughs> passed away in Damascus, and he's it's most uh, most well known that he's buried at the al uh, al-Saghir, at the small gate uh, in Damascus, which I think is close to where the Ma'ad al-Fatul Islami is nowadays. Uh, um, and uh, he has... Uh, 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 he has uh, 40 hadiths that are attributed to, to him. Uh, uh, and uh, there are five of them in the Sahihain. One, Bukhari narrates uh, uh, alone. Sorry. Uh, 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 one of them, Bukhari narrates, and then <coughs> one of them, uh, sorry, two of them. Let's see. So sorry, there are four of them that come in the uh, math doesn't add up. So at any rate, he says that he says that Ibn Allah says that the Shaykhain uh, narrate one of them, and Bukhari uh, uh, narrates two of them, and Muslim narrates one of them, and the rest of them are found in the other, the other collections of Hadith. And so uh, Sayyidina Bilal radiAllahu anhu had had a very close and personal relationship with the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Uh, and with his family, alayhi salam, wa alayhi salam. And so uh, uh, he came uh, to wake up the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, or to at least alert him, get his attention for Fajr. Uh, and so, uh, uh, and there's no harm in saying to wake him either, because Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was his habit, alayhi salatu salam, to wake up for tahajjud. And, to, and after the tahajjud time was over, to rest a little bit before... <laughs> Uh, before getting up for, for for Fajr, so he came to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to alert him with regards to the Fajr prayer, uh, and Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha, she asked him something which occupied him. She asked him to do something or asked him some question, uh, which occupied him uh, for a longer than anticipated amount of time, until uh, they were well into the <coughs> well into the time of Fajr. Uh, and so when Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu anhu was finally able to go to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he again alerted him to uh, the fact that it's the Fajr time. And when he didn't get a, an answer, he just repeatedly was, would call again to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam again and again. And the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam didn't come out immediately. It took him some time to come out. Uh, and so when the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam came out to the people, uh, uh, Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu anhu <coughs> as if to as if to uh, explain why things didn't go like according to the normal plan uh, uh, this morning he informed the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam that Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu anha um, he, she had asked him for some things which occupied him uh, 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 more so than he uh, thought they would uh, until the time became well into the Fajr time and uh, uh, then he asked the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam why it was it took him so long to come out. And whereby he asked, O Messenger of Allah, that you, you, you've come out quite a bit after the rise of Fajr. 
uh, and the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, sorry. Qala ya'ani Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa answered the question by saying that uh, uh, he was asked why, you know, why it took so long for him to come out. Uh, and he answered the question saying that I was praying the two rak'ahs of Fajr. That's what took me so long. He was expecting some immediate response, but it took him uh, a couple of minutes to get the response. So the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa said, I was reading the two rak'ahs that, that are uh, before Fajr. And uh, Sayyidina Bilal like, was amazed and said, Ya Rasulullah, but it was quite a bit into Fajr time. Uh, <coughs> meaning what? Like, shouldn't you have just come out and prayed the prayed the prayer uh, out of fear of missing it or delaying it? Because the entire masjid is waiting. One of the things you have to understand in order for this to make context, right? The masjid of the Prophet ﷺ isn't like IFS or like MSI or whatever, where they have like a board on the thing that says when the prayer times are, and if the imam is like 15 seconds late, everyone starts itching, you know? Uh, 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 it's it's not like that. The actual sunnah is not to have a, a, a like a time board, like it's a hockey game, like it's a Blackhawks game. What is the actual sunnah? The sunnah is whoever the imam is when that the adhan is called, and when the adhan is called, the people come to the masjid, they pray the sunnahs, and they wait in their place. And when the imam comes out, that's when the salat happens. So it's not, uh, I guess, haram or bid'ah or whatever to have these times as a general consensus so that people can efficiently time when they come to the masjid, especially given that people live far away and whatnot. <coughs> but the actual sunnah is what? Is that the time of the salat is when the when the imam comes out? It's not it's not an arbitrary third, third time, and so the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam him having delayed means that the entire masjid is waiting for him, uh, and so uh, uh, so Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu anhu when he heard that he said he was praying his two rakahs of sunnah, he said uh, Ya Rasulullah innaka asbahta jiddan. He says he says that like as if to understand like i'm trying to understand he says that it was but it was very late like you prayed your two rakahs but it was very late and the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said if if i was any later i would have uh, i would have prayed them uh, anyway and i would have made them even more uh, uh, i would perf- have perfected them more and prayed them in an even more beautiful way meaning i would have taken longer in my salat uh, and ibn ruslan who was one of the old muhaddithin and one of the uh, uh, one of the commentators on Abu Dawood. He mentions, وَهَذَا شَأْنُ ذُوِي الْقُلُوبِ الْيَقَضَةِ وَالنَّاسُ الْيَوْمَ عَمَلُهُمْ بِخِلَافِ ذَلِكَ فَإِنَّهُمْ يُؤَخِرُونَهَا اشْتِغَالًا بِأَمْرِ دُنْيَاهُمْ عَنْ أَوَّلِ الْوَقْتِ ثُمَّ يَفْعَلُونَهَا آخِرَهُ مُقْتَصِرِينَ عَلَى الْفَرْضِ دُونَ السُنَّةِ وَيَنْقُصُونَ عَمَّا كَانُوا يَعْتَادُونَ مِنَ الْقِرَاءَةِ إذا صلوها أوله ويتركون الأذكار والتمأنين كما جاء في صلاة المنافق ينقر فيها أربع نقرات لا يذكر الله إلا قليلا. So what Ibn Alan he mentions he says the reason he the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم made it so that if I was even later I would have prayed them longer is is what. Uh, because a person, because imagine the time to pray those two uh, rakahs is when the time of fajr comes in, which will he'll, the hadith will come with regards to that uh, later. <coughs> so, so the Prophet ﷺ is if to indicate that 
it's more befitting for the person who prayed them later than they should than, than they should have been prayed that that person should be a little bit embarrassed and shy uh, and uh, admit in front of Allah Ta'ala that they didn't do it correctly uh, 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 admitted that they fell short uh, in in, in uh, delaying the prayer from its first time uh, and feel bad about being deprived of its full virtue and blessings uh, um, <coughs> and that such a person should give sadaqah or manumit a slave or do some other good deed in order to make up for it. So Ibn Ruslan says that this is the way that the elders used to be. This is the way that the first generations of Muslims used to be. This is how they used to, uh, uh, um, they used to approach uh, the deen, those people whose hearts were awake. He says nowadays people their their uh, method of dealing with things is the opposite. He says that they 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 get busy with the affairs of their dunya, and they delay their prayers uh, 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 <coughs> away from the, the the first time, the beginning time uh, of the prayers, and they actually will delay them all the way until the end times, and then when the time is about to run out. They uh, uh, they'll just do the ob ob obligatory parts of the prayer, and they'll skip the sunnas, and uh, they'll read less than they usually read. Uh, um, uh, <coughs> had they prayed in the beginning of the time, and they will leave making zikr after afterward, the remembrance of Allah Taala, and they will not uh, be at peace when they when they pray. And this is exactly Ibn Rasulullah says this is exactly what Allah Taala describes the prayer of the Munafiqas. That they uh, they 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 just peck four pecks, meaning what? There's two rakahs, four sajdas. It's like a, a chicken is pecking pecking something off the uh, off the floor. So they just peck four pecks, and they don't remember Allah Taala in in their prayers except for very little. So this is an insight into the, the hal of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and how he used to approach his, his worship. باب تخفيف ركعات الفجر وبيان ما يقرأ ما يقرأ فيهما وبيان وقتهما. There's a chapter with regards to the sunnah of praying the two rakahs before fajr lightly, and the explanation of what should be read therein, and the explanation with regards to when their time is. عن سيدتنا عائشة رضي الله تعالى عنها أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كان يصلي ركعتين خفيفتين بين النداء والإقامة من صلاة الصبح متفق عليه وفي رواية لهما يصلي ركعتي الفجر فيخففهما حتى أقول هل قرأ فيهما بأم القرآن وفي رواية لمسلم كان يصلي ركعتي الفجر إذا سمع الآذان ويخففهما وفي رواية إذا طلع الفجر. سيدة عائشة رضي الله تعالى عنها narrates that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم would pray two light rakaat between the adhan and between the iqama from the subh prayer, from the fajr prayer. Uh, in its hadith narrated both by Bukhari and Muslim and in one of the two narrations it's mentioned that he would pray uh, two rakahs of fajr meaning at the crack of dawn and he would lighten them uh, so much so to the point where I would wonder uh, if he even prayed the entire or he read, read the entire fatiha in that in those two rakahs so this is the sunnah in the, in the Maliki madhab uh, Malik rahimahullah ta'ala considered that the sunnah method of praying the two rakahs before <coughs> before the subah prayer is how Oh, Topi fan. How? 
that he that the Sunnah is to pray to only read Fatiha in them. Who said that? Your Tobi, Malik, put your Tobi down. Your Tobi doesn't know about Deen. That was Malik's opinion. That is not the Hanafi opinion. Hanafi opinion is that you should read a short surah, but both of them are, in general, in agreement that they're they're not supposed to be long long rakahs. And uh, 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 so the sunnah is not to make those two rakahs long. Rather, say the Aisha radiallahu anha is wondering, did he even complete the fatiha in the qiyam? It's an indication that it's short. Uh, and then the the, the d- different details you can learn them from fiqh class. Uh, People ask, you know, they're like, what about the Shafi school? What about the Han- I don't know. Why don't you why don't you go to like uh, Al Azhar and ask them, you know? Like am I am I like Taco Bell that you should one person wants a bean burrito and the other wants a tostada, I should make everything for you and like whatever. And you know, it's difficult for people to drive to Lombard, you know, from Villa Park or from Glendale Heights and uh, and they then then they want like one stop shop for everything. I had to go and like <laughs> get weird heat rash in different places in Africa and Asia in order to find out some of this stuff, you know, go, 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 go figure it out. I'm sure, mashallah, there, there are many ulama who can teach you those things. <coughs> but, but, but the, the, the fiqh details you can learn from fiqh dars, the point of mentioning these things in the context of this dars is, is not necessarily the fiqh of it, which the details may be a little bit up and down uh, between the different ulama, but that a person should strive to achieve the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ in order to gain the anwar and the spiritual benefit from these things. Uh, so the, the, the Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha in one of the narrations, she says, she said that he would pray them so lightly that I would ask myself, did he even finish the Fatiha? And in the narration of Muslim, that he would pray two rak'ahs of fajr, meaning the two sunnahs of fajr, uh, <coughs> as if, just as he would hear the adhan, right after the adhan, meaning they were in the beginning of the time. This is also another issue, this is also another dispute between the ulama is when should the, the jamaat happen, what's the ideal time for the, for the, for the congregational prayer of subh. <coughs> so the shafi'is, they say it should be in the beginning, of, in the beginning time. Or earlier in the time, I should say, not like right at the beginning, but earlier in the time, because of the khairul amali salatu ala waqtiha. The Prophet he was asked about what is the best of deeds, and he says that the prayer at its beginning time. <coughs> and then the Hanafis, they have the the they say no, it's better to delay it. From the benefits of delaying it later on is what is that uh, more people can come. It's easier for more people to make it, and. Uh, <coughs> That's why, like in some places, like I remember in Turkey, uh, uh, praying Fajr, and when you're done with the adhkar and dua after the the salat, you actually walk out of the masjid and you can see the sun. Uh, that's how late it's prayed, and they they uh, give as a proof for their position the hadith narrated in Tirmidhi and other books, asfiru bil fajri fa innahu a'lam lil ajri that that uh, delay the Fajr uh, and receive more reward. It's more great in its reward, uh, 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 and uh, the Maliki school tries to make tatbiq between them. The Fajr has a ghalas and isfar. The first half of Fajr, it's like very similar to nighttime when you go outside. The second half of Fajr is very similar to daytime. You can see everything, you just don't see the sun. The sun hasn't risen, but it's more or less like daytime. So <clears throat> the jamaat happens tatbiq that you pray in the dark part, and you should finish by the time it's light. 
uh, the light starts coming out. But uh, these are these are again differences of opinion. The point is is that what you can follow any of these any of these paths, but a person should have their 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 uh, you know their program together. And at any rate, uh, uh, the Ruai of Muslim it mentions that the time that these two rakahs are are to be prayed is at the beginning. It's at the beginning. <coughs> Obviously, only someone who's awake at that time will pray him at that time. And the person who has wudu at the time that the adhan, this means that what? It's a sunnah to have wudu at the time the adhan is called, which is only, who's the only person who would do that? Is the one who actually woke up and prayed to Hajjid from before. وعن حفصة رضي الله تعالى عنها أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم كان إذا أذن المؤذن للصبح وبدأ الصبح صلى ركعتين خفيفتين متفق عليه وفي رواية للمسلم كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا طلع الفجر لا يصلي إلا ركعتين خفيفتين Sayyidah Hafsa Umm al-Mu'mineen radiallahu ta'ala anha bint Umar radiallahu anhu Umm al-Mu'mineen, the mother of the believers said that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as the Mu'adhan, as the Mu'adhan would give the adhan for the subh prayer he would uh, start to pray two light rak'ahs and it's narrated both by Bukhari and by Muslim Iza here is, is translated often as if but it's more like when it's if then it's conditional in the sense that like when something happens then the other thing happens, but it's it, it gives the impression that it's just an eventuality it's going to happen. Whereas like low is something that may happen may not happen. You know in you know it may happen may not happen. So if you're talking about a hypothetical situation you'd use low. Here ida it can be translated as if and when interchangeably. Uh, um, and so we read that say the Hafsa radiallahu ta'ala and I said that when the <coughs> Mu'adhan would give the Adhan for Subh for the Fajr prayer uh, uh, and the, the Fajr prayer time would begin the Prophet sallallahu would read two light rak'ahs and in, in the narration that, that Muslim comes with the wording of the narration of Muslim uh, he said, she said, radiallahu anha, that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when the, uh, uh, when the dawn broke uh, he wouldn't pray anything other than two light rak'ahs. Meaning what? Other than these two rak'ahs, and they're also light, there's no salat. Uh, there's no salat between between the adhan and the iqamah other than them. So if you're done with them and you have some time, go read the Qur'an, make some dhikr or something like that. Don't don't pray more salawat. There's no blessing in them because the Messenger of Allah وسلم, didn't do them. To the point where the fuqaha have a difference of opinion. Malik even considered if you prayed your two rak'ahs from home that you shouldn't even pray the tahiyyatul masjid you just come and sit down in the masjid and for that reason I, I tell people don't pray them at home pray them in the masjid because that way you at least pray two rakahs before sitting down and you don't put yourself in an awkward spot where it's not the sunnah to pray anything other than those two rakahs but it's also not the sunnah to just sit down without having prayed uh, without having prayed anything and it's not a, nor is it a time of karaha for, for nawafil either <coughs> وعن سيدنا عبد الله بن عمر رضي الله تعالى عنه قال كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يصلي من الليل مثنى مثنى ويوتر بركعة بركعة من آخر الليل ويصلي الركعتين قبل صلاة الغداة وكأن الآذان بأذنيه 
muttafaqun alayhi. It's a hadith both of Bukhari and Muslim as well. Again, this is not a fiqh dars. Rather, this is the, the this is a, a dars with regards to, obviously, the other things we mentioned them because there's benefit in them. Uh, 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 but it's a dars with regards to the the, 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 the spiritual teachings of Islam and the spiritual teachings of the Messenger of Allah, the spiritual path of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa And fiqh is definitely, knowing fiqh and doing things according to the fiqh properly is definitely a big part of that, of that path. But uh, it's not everything. And so here we see when you wonder why is it that, that if it's a book about the spiritual teachings of Islam, why is it telling us about the two rak'ahs before Fajr? We already know that there's sunnah. But you learn so much about the Prophet wasallam, his, his awrad, his spiritual practices, his, 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 his worship from this. So Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Umar ta'ala anhuma, uh, uh, who's the brother of the Hafsa Umm al-Mu'mineen anha, uh, he narrates that the Prophet wasallam, his habit of praying to Hajjad is to pray raka'ahs two by two. Two, four, six, eight. <coughs> His, his, his habit was to pray rak'ahs two by two until, uh, uh, until the, the, uh, the, the, the dawn was about to break. And uh, at that time, he would pray one rak'ah of wither. Uh, obviously, it's a khilaf, again, amongst the fuqahas. The Hanafis say that the wither should be prayed three in a row. That's fine. At any rate, uh, 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 he... he he would pray the witr afterward when he uh, felt that the sun was, the dawn was about to break. And uh, he, uh, <clears throat> after the dawn would break, he would uh, uh, pray two rak'ahs uh, before praying the, the farth of, of Fajr. Uh, uh, and those two rak'ahs, when would they be prayed? He says, uh, That uh, they would be prayed in such a way that as if it's as if the adhan was still uh, <coughs> was still in his uh, was was still in his ears, meaning it was still being called, meaning right after the adhan ended. Hafiz bin Hajar, he he his opinion is that the meaning of kanal adhana bi uznehi is that uh, uh, here the word adhan means iqama, so he would he would stand up for it right away once the adhan was done, as if it was the iqama was called for the prayer. At any rate, both of them the functional meaning of it is the same, which is that what? When the time of Fajr comes in, that's the time that these two rak'ahs should be prayed, and there's no salat uh, thereafter uh, until, uh, until, the, the, until the, the, the sun rises off of the horizon. When Abdullah ibn Abbasin radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kana yaqra'u fi raka'atay al-fajri في في الأولى منهما قولوا آمنا بالله وما أنزل إلينا إلى الآية التي في الآية التي في البقرة وفي في الآخر في الآخرة منهما آمنا بالله وشهد بأننا مسلمون وفي رواية في الآخر في الآخرة التي في آل عمران تعالوا إلى كلمة سواء بيننا وبينكم Rawah Muslim. And so Sayyidina Abdullah bin Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhuma he narrates that that uh, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam when he would pray the two rak'ahs uh, before the subh prayer uh, uh, he would hear him 
read from Surah Al-Baqarah, uh, uh, in the second one, and in a different narration of the same hadith, until uh, he would read the ayah uh, from Ali Imran, Ta'alu ila kalimatin sawa'in baynana wa baynakum. So what's the point of this this hadith being brought in this bab is what is to say that it's not necessary also that he only read the Fatiha. Rather, him only reading the Fatiha was what what say the Aisha radiallahu anha would observe, or reading so fast that she would wonder if he, he read the Fatiha or not. But sometimes he he would also read other ayat with the with the prayer. Some of the fuqaha say always. Some of them say whatever. Uh, say 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 no to sunnah not to read but these are options nobody says that he only did one or only did the other there's a preference between the fuqaha for one or the other wan sayyidna abi huraira radiyallahu ta'ala anhu anna rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qara'a fi rak'atay al-fajr qul ya ayyuhal kafirun wa qul huwa allahu ahad wa an ibn umar radiyallahu anhu qala ramaqtu an-nabiy ramaqtu an-nabiy sallallahu alayhi wa sallam shahran يَقْرَأُ فِي الرَّكَعَتَيْنِ قَبْلَ الْفَجْرِ قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ رواه الترمذي وقال حديث حسن So the Sayyidina Abu Huraira رضي الله عنه narrates that the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم he read in the two rak'ahs uh, before Fajr, uh, in the first of them, قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ and قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ And uh, Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah also says that I observed the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam for a long time, almost a month, uh, that that uh, whenever he would pray his two rak'ahs before Fajr, he would read قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ and قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ and uh, this قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ This is a, a combination that's not only in the two rak'ahs before Fajr. Rather, if you read the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, the two rak'ahs of, of tawaf in Hajj, this is also a sunnah that he used to pray at that time. And it's also narrated that he used to read, read these two surahs in the two rak'ahs of, before taking ihram as well. And there's probably more uh, more places in the Sunnah. Maybe when you take make note of it, like make little, like a little kitabja, like a little risala of like all the places where where the Prophet sallallahu has mentioned that he used to read these two <coughs> surahs. And these are all occasions. The thing that they have in common is what they're very important occasions where there's not a lot of time. And it's a proof that a short prayer doesn't need to. Uh, <laughs> Be devoid of meaning or bereft of meaning or even light on meaning. And the Qulhu Allahu Ahad is what? Qul ya ayyuhal kafirun, say, O people of disbelief, la a'budu ma ta'budun, I don't worship that which you worship, wala antum abiduna ma a'bud, nor do you worship what I worship, wala ana abidum ma'abatum, nor do I worship what you worshipped, wala antum abiduna ma a'bud, nor do I worship what you worship, lakum dinukum waliyadin, you have your deen, I have mine. I'm not interested in what you have. If you're not interested in what I have, that's your problem. I'm not interested at all in what you have. Uh, and this is <clears throat> it's, this is a, a one of the foundations and the pillars of Islam. Many Muslims, unfortunately, they don't. They seem to be uh, estranged from this understanding, which is what 
Islam is not doesn't teach you to live in a cave. If somebody else has a good idea, if they have a nice app on their phone, if they have a better way of you know making the efficiency in the catalytic converter and and you know in a car's exhaust you know better work better whatever it's fine. Al hikmatul mu'min. Wisdom is the last property of the believer. Wherever he finds it, he has more right to it. Stop that. However, uh, uh, however, when it comes to ideas with regards to deen. Jazakumullah khairan, we don't, we don't take advice from drunkards and pig eaters. We don't take advice from people who, uh, who have no concern about the lineage of their children. We have no, advice for, we have no uh, concern for taking advice from people who, uh, <coughs> you know, people who essentially worship material things. There's no spiritual insight that they have to offer us that, that we're going to consider to be of any value. Uh, this is, this is from, the, from the simple teachings of the deen. And uh, unfortunately, unfortunately... Many people have this kind of ajib, like yearning for acceptance. And this surah is like completely the opposite. It's like, you know what? You're not going to accept us. We're not going to accept you. If you want to learn about our deen, we'll tell you about it, right? And, you know, we might for whatever, some other reason, like just to try to understand where you're coming from, we will, you know, understand something about your deen. But we don't see value in it. Doesn't mean that we don't see value in you as people. Doesn't mean that we're going to disrespect you or be unjust with you or kill you or whatever. We just don't, you know, who's a person is going to tell me that there's three gods? We don't. That's not. That's not something of much value to us. Um, and so this is something that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam would repeat again and again. Imagine that the two rakahs of tawaf, those are the only two farther rakahs that are farther by the consensus of the ulama, that are not the five daily prayers. Because without those two rak'ahs, the tawaf is not complete. So the same, the same mashru'iyah of the, of the tawaf itself uh, is, is the same mashru'iyah for the, for the two rak'ahs that are part of that tawaf, that they're also fard. They're actually f- they're from the obligations of deen. Uh, but, you know, you're not going to have like Salat al-Taraweeh, Hadar al-Haram Sharif is going to get jammed. Imagine the Prophet read Surah al-Baqarah and Surah al-Imran in, in those places. I mean, he did stuff like that in Hajj, but like what? Like the make dua. Like in the, for the amount of time it takes to read Surah, uh, Surah Al-Baqarah, like on the side from the Jamarat, people can congregate on the side. It's not going to cause a problem because everyone doesn't stone at once anyway, and it's not a, it's not like in a, a closed area, right? The Prophet stood the whole time in, in, in Arafat and he made dua the whole time, but it's because there's no jostling or anything over there. At this point, there you can't. If the Prophet read really long surahs, it's going to cause like epic traffic jam in the Haram Sharif. So it was a time to pray and then uh, move along. And so what did he choose? Uh, he chose قُلْ kafirun. People should read that. They should understand it. They should feel its haqiqah inside of their heart. There's a lot of khayr in it. And there's a lot of clarity in it. And uh, people are like, oh, well, that sounds really negative. It's not about being negative to other people. It's about not gaslighting yourself. And it's about uh, you know, keeping your sanity that, that the deen is the deen and it's the haq. And uh, just remembering that. That someone who squawks and masquerades as having the truth and somebody who, who you know, tries to convince you that worshipping an elephant or worshipping a monkey or worshipping uh, a human being or whatever <coughs> is, is a replacement for, for submitting to the, the Allah Ta'ala who is the Rabbul Alameen who created the heavens and the earth from nothing. This is not a really much of help to you or them. And the second is Qul Allahu Ahad which is such a beautiful, uh, also such a beautiful, uh, uh, you know, uh, set of words from the Quran. All of its words are beautiful, but so simple and so uh, in, in its benefit and so general in its benefit. That say that 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 Allah is one. Uh, Allah, he's he's one, meaning there's only one of Him, uh, not not the number one, but there there's only one of Him. Uh, Allahu Samad, 
that Allah who is not who is not affected by time that Allah who everyone needs and is in need of no one that Allah who is not affected by time or by circumstance Allah samad lam yalid wa lam yulad he was neither uh, he neither gave birth nor was he born and there's nobody like unto him. And so this is also this is also an insight to the hal of the Prophet and it's also part of the spiritual teachings of the Rasul that is more than we that we get from this bab more than just the you know the basic fiqh. Everybody knew that those two rakahs were 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 a sunnah anyway. So people, more often than not, this is the opinion of Malik that, you know, Hafizu ala salawati wa salatul wusta. The opinion of Malik rahimahullah ta'ala is that the salatul wusta, the middle prayer, is fajr. Generally, the muhaddithin, they prefer salatul asr for their whatever, whatever other reasons. But Malik said that the, the time of zuhr and asr is mushtarak and the time of maghrib and isha is mushtarak. So when you join prayers, you join zuhr and asr and you join <coughs> maghrib and isha. You don't join Fajr with anything. It has a completely separate uh, prayer time, uh, and so from 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 that point of view, it makes sense. And uh, for me, also, what I've noticed is that the prayer that most people waste its time is 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 Fajr. People people when they want to get on their dean, the last the last prayer most people have hard time bringing into into schedule and not missing is what it's Fajr. It's difficult to wake up at that time, and so. Uh, uh, the person who uh, wakes up, um, there are many people, uh, it's difficult for them to wake up and pray those two rakahs. Then thereafter, if you ask them to pray two rakahs before that, that's even a greater mujahada because the person at first just wants to pray and then crash back to sleep, make bare minimum wudu, pray super short, fajr, and then go back to sleep. Whereas the sunnah is that the, the I mean, one of the opinions mentioned of the fuqaha in the in even the sharh, the commentary we're reading that I didn't mention from before, is one of the hikmas of the two rakahs of, uh, of of fajr before fajr being light is that it makes more time for the salatul fajr, which is the longest of, of the five pray, daily prayers. This, if you pray it according to the sunnah, it's the longest of the five daily prayers, and the reason it's two rakahs is because it's the one in which the most Quran is recited. <coughs> so. The idea is that 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 these two rakahs they kind of, you know, the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that there are three knots tied over the person when they're sleeping, uh, and the first one is untied when a person mentions the name of Allah Taala, and the second one is untied when a person makes wudu, uh, and the third one is untied when a person prays. Uh, this means what it pre- prepares the person so that their fard salat is not not wasted in, in like just waking up from slumber. Rather, it can be prayed with its, its due dignity and it's with its in its in its uh, masnoon and its its sunnah way. Uh, wallahu a'lam. Allah Taala give all of us tawfiq. Allah Taala accept it from all of us. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.